Hi, and welcome to the Milk and Coffee podcast, your coffee break for the ears. My name is Ava, and I want to invite you to slow down, simplify, and explore the art of cozy living with me. This is your invitation to embrace a more nourishing way of being. So grab a cup and get comfortable. I'm so happy you are here. Hey, hey, how are you beautiful friends? First of all, let me start off by thanking you all for being here today. There is so much out there that beckons for our attention and the fact that you're listening to me right now really means the world. I would love to know where you're listening in from or what you're doing while you're listening. So please connect over on Instagram or on my Substack with me or send me a message through my webpage. All the info will be below in the show notes. Um, a dear listener reached out to me this week and told me that my summer hygge episode inspired her to plan a beautiful evening summer picnic party for her son's birthday. She sent me a photograph of the invitation and it looked very cozy and it very much filled my heart to see that. My home just got a whole lot cozier this last week. Um, And until then, my family of five shared a two-seater couch that we have had for years and years, and um, we finally added on. Some of you already know that my family moves a lot uh, because of my husband's job, and so I couldn't find a couch I wanted to commit to at this point, as what works in our current living room may not work in our next living room. And so we just ended up getting two of the Boxelin 1.5 seater armchairs from Ikea instead. And they're very cozy and comfy. And they're big enough for the kids to sit with me while reading. And also big enough for them to kind of completely disappear into. And I'm just so excited for many evenings sinking into these chairs this fall with a good book. Other than that, we have just been taking care of a whole lot of paperwork and other things adults have to do, which truly often looks like the opposite of cozy, but somehow, I guess even that is a little bit nicer now, sitting with my laptop in one of my new gigantic chairs. How have you been? Was there any event or thing or person that made your past week particularly cozy? What helped you slow down last week? Um, let's, let's open up a conversation here. All right, but let's get um, to this week's topic. I kind of wanted to do a simplify or slow down episode this week after last week's episode on softening into our adult motherhood relationships. But then today's topic just kind of knocked on my door. It just sort of came to my mind and wouldn't quite let go. And so I just decided to, to go with it. I want to explore what inspiration means and also what it's like to be inspired versus influenced. I feel this is one of those things that get talked about a lot, but maybe not quite enough and maybe not quite deep enough, like on a soul level deep. Because here's the question that every once in a while just appears on my heart. Who would I be if social media didn't exist? Or who would I be as a mother if I had never opened an Instagram account? 
what would my house look like if the internet didn't exist? What would our days look like? What would be on my heart? What goals would I be setting for myself right now? Would I have accomplished more or less? Or would I have bigger dreams? I don't know. Humans have always asked themselves, who am I, right? And we have always been inspired and we have always been influenced. But with the rise of social media, we really made it extra difficult to get an understanding for who is actually deep within us, who we are at our very core. To be honest, I started my Instagram and my blog, House of Smilla, which you won't find anymore as I deleted it in a phase of dark, motherly overwhelm when I was postpartum with my second child. But that's a different story. But I started it all right at the brink of giving birth to my first child. And so that means that there's no way of knowing for me how I would mother today if it wasn't for Instagram, for an app. Now, that's not all bad. There are many things I came across over the years on Instagram that I would have otherwise never discovered. And also, I made so many beautiful connections. But I I just think it's otherworldly that we have given over our lives like that to a point where we have become so intrinsically entangled with our online profiles. The deeper I go in my efforts to slow down my life and my motherhood, the more I question my choices in in everything from wall color to clothing to what's for dinner and where I want to go on vacation. And I ask myself, "Do, do you really want that, Ava? Do you really like that? Is that you who likes this? Or has this just been popping up often enough and been presented to me often enough lately that I have come to accept this as what I like? Now, I I don't think we can fully separate inspiration and influence at this point. And that's probably also not necessary because like I said, humans have always been inspired and have always been influenced. But I think it is important for each of us to spend some time with this and explore how we feel about this in our hearts as to make sure that we don't end up living other people's lives. A few years back, I did a few collaborations with some companies, most of them ethical and and wonderful, and I kind of dabbled in the world of influencing as a job. And to this day, I feel that it it can be one of the best ways and most honest forms of marketing. If in fact the company and the influencer have a fair energetic exchange and the influencer has the integrity to only market things they actually truly believe in. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that's the case anymore. For me, it just didn't work out. It, it always felt a bit icky to get my community to purchase things other than what I have created myself. I also felt that in the beginning, it was often more about tags and gentle recommendations, and it quickly evolved to hard contracts with exact numbers of posts. And and while I think that was necessary for, for fair business practices, it just also was a lot of pressure and it didn't feel good for me personally. Today, I like to float much more in the realm of inspiration 
both to be inspired and to inspire in return, which I hope to do with my photography and my words, the memoir that I wrote, my art, and now in person through my retreats. And now you might ask, but Ava, where's the difference of influencing people or inspiring people? And I think the important difference is that inspiration is a creative or intellectual stimulation. If we feel inspired with new ideas for ourselves, so while the stimuli is external through experiences and observations and emotions, or in fact, other people's social media accounts, we then internally feel a drive and a light to express our own thoughts or feelings in a way that is unique to us. There is a level of co-creation between the person being inspired and the inspirateur. Influence, on the other hand, is the power to shape someone's opinions, actions, decisions, behaviors, and emotions very directly. Influence comes from so many sources, including our family, our friends, our society and culture, and of course, lately, more and more from social media and the internet. When we are influenced, we adopt certain ideas, values, behaviors, attitudes, meaning we feel, think, and act like the influencer. So in essence, inspiration often leads to creation, while influence often leads to adaptation. Now, both shape how we interact with the world around us and with our children, with our partners, and both shape our internal landscape as well. That's why it is so important to meditate on this often and to be really honest with oneself. I am not here to judge you or to tell you how much influence, and again, I'm, I'm kind of specifically putting an emphasis on social media influence here. So I'm not judging how much is good or bad, but, but rather to develop a sense of self around it and to not be totally unconscious to where our thoughts and feelings and tastes come from. This is so important because as mothers, there can be a lot of negative effects of social media influence on our well-being. For starters, we are exposed to these highly idealized versions of motherhood that don't reflect the full story. It is always just an excerpt. It's a photo. It's a five-second clip. It's a perfect or at least perfectly staged moment frozen in time. And that adds so much pressure. Pressure to look better, to be a better mother, to have a prettier home. And it takes away from our intuition and it leads to comparison and the feeling that we are not enough and that we are inadequate. As mothers in the thick of it, you know, often just getting by, trying to raise the little beings into good humans, it can be so incredibly disheartening to be bombarded with these perfect images from all the mom influencers. And honestly, I'm not even saying that what they're doing is wrong. As a matter of fact, to be a successful social media influencer, you have to work really hard and produce quality content all the time. That's not as easy as it may look. However, unless influencer marketing is done with so much care and so much responsibility to also show the more vulnerable, and I'm not talking about, you know, sellable vulnerability, but actual vulnerability. And if, if 
they don't show the more honest pictures and the real life stuff, it leaves this giant gap in the narrative. Because no matter how organized of a human you are, no one can do it all. Chances are that behind every successful influencer, you have a very supportive team. There might be a grandmother or a paid nanny or a cleaning lady or an otherwise amazing childcare situation and a husband that works from home and also has mad photo skills or all of that or none of that. But then that person's home probably doesn't look like this clean for long and her hair is probably also just 90% dry shampoo like many of us. Because as mothers, we deep down know that none of us can do it all and can do it perfectly all the time. And we shouldn't have to, but it's too easy to give in to that illusion. How is this constant exposure to carefully curated content affecting your self-love? Now, as a highly aesthetic person working in visual creation, like even I often find myself unnecessarily anxious over someone else's perfect posts. And, And please, I hope that when you come to my work, you realize that that pretty photography and beautiful staging is a passion. It's a hobby. It's my creative outlet. It's my work. It's part of my soul. And it is not the one-on-one reflection of all of my life, which is all that. But then there's also the messiness and the humanness and the struggle and the busy days. I am the calm, wallerfy, slow-living mother with the perfect candle holder, but I am also the mother that sometimes could cry by 7.30 because her special needs son has needed her so much more already than she was ready to to give right out of bed. So I, I just wanted to make that clear that I do all my work, the writing, the teaching, the inspiring, this podcast, not because life is perfect over here, but because this is my refuge from the mess. And also these are the things, the good bits, the habits, and the explorations that get me through. And when it comes to being influenced, I struggle most with the fact that I am so multi-passionate. For example, I, I do love a quiet country life and I do like a bustling coffee shop. And I do love home education, but I also love a really good childcare center. And personally, I find it incredibly hard not to be entirely pulled apart by these all-in mothers who seem to be entirely either living off-grid or entirely immersed in their beautiful city life. And I have to actively remind myself what I have learned in social media marketing myself, that, that so much of that is about just feeding your niche. And so we rarely see all the facets and aspects of someone that has made it big on the internet. But that can be really harmful to the mental health of someone like me who is so many different people and has so many different tastes and feels like I can never be it all. As mothers, we are already pulled apart between our own emotions about motherhood and and feminist convictions and religious programming and societal norms. Like on one hand, I truly believe in the immense value I offer to the world by raising children. But on the other hand, I also feel like I'm, I'm allowed to have aspirations and dreams of my own. 
Now, some of us feel bad because they don't work and others because they work too much. Some would love to work more and others would love to work less and others are told to work less and others are told to work more. And, and, and so the worth of the mother has historically always been stuck between a rock and a hard place. The rock being society saying women should do it all and the hard place being the patriarchy often fueled by religious beliefs, telling us the woman should leave her apron on and smile nicely. And instead of social media doing away with this and portraying the wide, beautiful variety of mothers out there, we somehow got stuck yet again with the niches and with the relentless mom boss girl on one side or the very submissive homemaker on the other side. Because a niche sells. And I am saddened that we are still struggling to find the freedom and the balance to see our full worthiness as mothers and the value and holiness of mothering detached from the lifestyle we choose for, our, for ourselves and our families. Anyways, raise your hand if you feel the impact of social media on your mental health. If you have ever felt more overwhelmed, more isolated, more anxious due to the relentless stream of seemingly perfect mothers, and and this is how particularly the consumerism aspect of social media, the influencer marketing, can just swoop in and sell us all these things we don't actually need or we don't actually want because if it works for her, It's got to be helpful in the mess that is mine, right? We get broken down first by this perfectionism of it all. And then we get built up through buying something. And, And that's the power of it. So how can we move from just being influenced to being inspired and to be positively influenced? How can we be conscious and mindful in our approach with our online interactions? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, limiting the time we spend exposing ourselves to the influence is critical. And over time, I sort of turned my phone from a smartphone into a dumber phone. I wouldn't call it dumb phone by any means. And, And that has helped, though it's not foolproof. Because in the end of the day, the best set timer doesn't work if I choose to ignore it when it goes off. So putting up our phones is so needed and it is also such a daily struggle with all our lives being on these phones. But following only accounts that share content that I find aligns with me has definitely helped as well. And so I choose to follow accounts that inspire me through creativity and positivity and authenticity. If I have feelings of jealousy or greed or anger or sadness or any other negative emotion arise while I'm looking at someone's posts, then I try to like mindfully follow that feeling in a, in a curious sort of way. I ask myself, why is it that I feel this way? Is this person doing something that I would like to invite into my own life? But then if if I feel that I continue to feel drained by the content, I just stop consuming it. 
And that's what it's all about, right? It's, it's about learning to be a conscious consumer. Seeking out individuals from a diverse range of voices and perspective helps me. And following people from different backgrounds and experiences is how I try to broaden my horizon a bit and to expose myself to fresh ideas, which that's what inspiration is all about, right? It is also helpful to just kind of stop passively scrolling, but rather to engage with the content in a meaningful way, whether that's comments or questions or direct messages, anything that sparks an actual conversation, I think is more beneficial than just madly scrolling through. And after all, that's what social media originally was intended to do. Another way to get from influence to inspiration, I think, is gratitude. I know, I know, gratitude comes up a lot, but but really it's just so powerful. If I am aware of what I'm grateful for in my own life, I can not be influenced as easily. It is important to remember to celebrate my own achievements and the achievements of others because a rising tide lifts us all up, right? When I create my own content, I try to express my authentic self. Um, and I think it would be wonderful if we all shared our true experiences, our passions and ideas in a way that encourages others to be inspired by our uniqueness and to allow them to be fully unique as well. But most importantly, I think most important of all is to seek inspiration outside of social media. Words draw you in. Go look at some art. What do you see? Let the trees and the birds and the fresh air pull you in and clear your head and open your heart. Go for the real life experiences. Curl up in the lap of Mother Earth. Meet those beautiful humans that make you laugh out loud. Get your dopamine fix away from a screen. Swim in the ocean. Walk barefoot at the park and cuddle your children. Kiss your partner. Do those things. Let your own life inspire you. Remember, you own your phone. It does not have to own you. We can gain control over our social media experience and hence whether we find ourselves negatively influenced or crippled from comparison or in fact, more positively inspired. So on that note, I want to talk a little bit as well about positive influence. Because again, I don't think we will ever do away with influence and not all influence is bad. I'm, I'm sure once you reflect on all the ways you have been and continue to be positively influenced in your life, you will be filled with a deep gratitude and warmth because positive influence is when someone has an impact on our thoughts and emotions and behaviors in a way that helps us grow and to be well and to have more positive outcomes. When someone influences us positively, they are usually full of empathy and try to understand our perspective and our needs. They are full of compassion. A positive influencer in our life is encouraging and supportive and they believe in us and our capabilities they celebrate us and they acknowledge us 
positive influence comes to me with valuable information and insights and experiences that empower me to pursue my own path. Positive influence does not try to make me live their lives, but rather guides me on my own journey and my own sense of purpose. Positive influence doesn't preach or showcase, but influences me by example, by embodiment. Positive influence looks like community and not like personal gain. It's inclusive and it is kind and it values diversity. And most importantly, it has a long-term impact. It aims to create lasting, meaningful changes in individual lives. So think about this, like who has been a positive influence on your life? Who are the people, the mothers, the women around you, your family, who in your circle of friends or who in your online circle of friends has positively influenced you? My guess is the net of positive influence is not wide, but it goes really deep, like really deep. And I dare to say that positive influence is a lot like inspiration because both positive influence and inspiration look like genuine care for our well-being. The intention to co-create a positive ripple in the surface of the ocean of the world and joy and beauty in the lives we interact with. So I want to encourage you to have a good think about this every once in a while and maybe a good conversation with some of those amazing people around you. When we are on our phones, when we are interacting with others in the real world, we need to talk about this because it all starts with being honest with oneself and how we are all affected by being constant, constantly influenced and often negatively influenced. And then also to get really clear on what, what is a positive influence on me? Who has been inspiring me lately? And how am I showing up in this world? Do I aim to influence people for my personal gain? Or am I, in fact, a positive influence on someone? Let's see if we can put more focus on uplifting and inspiring and empowering others to find the beauty in their whole selves. And let's surround ourselves with humans, both virtually and in flesh and blood, that do the same for us. Life is really too precious to spend it trying to live someone else's life. So those were my thoughts on influence and inspiration. And I hope you get to take something away from this. Maybe I'm also just, maybe I've just been rambling for 30 minutes and you feel very negatively influenced. I hope not. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode and there will be another one next week. And in the meantime, please share my work if you like it. Like I said, maybe it has been a positive influence on you. Maybe a, maybe at least a bit of inspiration. That is my hope anyways. My love goes out to you. And I hope to have you back in the space next week. Bye. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope that this episode left you inspired to seek a slower, more intentional life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave me a review, let me know where you like to listen to my podcast, or write to me. 
And most importantly, tell all your friends about milk and coffee. For more nourishing lifestyle inspiration, supportive mindset shifts, and all the coziness, follow me on Instagram at ava.maria.smith and subscribe to my Substack called Milk and Coffee. Or go to my webpage, www.avamariasmith.com. I would love to talk more. Remember, slow living is a journey and I'm here for you. Take a deep breath now and seek the beauty of this day. How lucky are we to be alive?